We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Hope everybody's doing well tonight. Um, glad to be back on. If you're listening to this, I am continuing with uh, my coverage on breaking down all 133 FBS college football teams. And in this installment, I will continue with the Miami Hurricanes, who went 5-7, and 3-5 and five in the ACC last season. <laughs> Definitely not the season that uh, the Hurricanes uh, envisioned. 5-7 um, and seven just doesn't cut it in, uh, in Miami. And Mario Cristobal in his first year, it just wasn't what anybody expected. <clears throat> and I think a lot of it had to do with um, some of the interesting hires that he made for his first coaching staff. Um, there has since been mass changes to the coaching staff with seven new assistants, including new coordinators. I think <coughs> part of it may have been trying to hire big-name coaches instead of the right fit for what they were trying to do. But moving forward, it looks like they've done a good job with that. Um, first, let me jump into uh, breaking down <coughs> um, with their stadium. For the, I think everybody kind of knows Miami plays at Hard Rock Stadium, which is a multi-purpose stadium. They share it with uh, the Miami Dolphins. and It's obviously not ideal for uh, college football fans. And for Miami, in my opinion as well, just because of the fact that they have to travel such a far distance to get to the stadium, it's not ideal for their fans. Uh, but nonetheless, um, it's what it is. What it is. Um, <coughs> Hard Rock Stadium seats sixty-five thousand three hundred twenty-six. So I mean, it's a typical NFL stadium. It's big. And it just isn't, like I said, it's not ideal for a college football setting. I mean, obviously for bowl games, it works It works perfectly fine. Uh, but moving forward, it'll be really, really interesting to see um, what, what transpires here. Because I know it's been a discussion of trying to get Miami back on campus to an on-campus stadium. And for their fans' sake and for college football as a whole, I, I hope that... Uh, it happens one day. <clears throat> uh, looking at coach on the rise for uh, Miami, I'm going with their defensive coordinator, Lance Guidry. Um, I, I say this because of how great of a job he did in his previous stop at Marshall University, where his defense, where he was the defensive coordinator, and he they ranked in the top five nationally in FBS in several key stats, including third down defense. They were tops. They were first nationally. 
Stopped rate was their second best nationally. Pass efficiency defense, they were third. Defensive efficiency, they were third. Yards per play, they were third. Turnovers gained, they were fifth. And rushing defense, they were fifth. Um, just an unbelievably dominant defense that he had put in place there. Scoring defense, they only gave up 16 points per game. They intercepted eight, eh, which was sixth in the country. They intercepted 18 passes, which was eighth in the country. And then total defense, they gave up 294.5 yards per game, which was ninth. First down defense, 200 on the year, which was 12th. Uh, defensive touchdowns, they had three, which was 16th in the nation. Uh, team sacks, 2.92 per game, which was top 20 in the nation. Red zone defense, 76.7%. They were 22nd in the nation. Tackles for loss, they got 6.9 per game, and fumbles recovered, they got 11. So, I mean, this was <clears throat> an unbelievably gifted defense. And uh, Gidry has coached at multiple FCS positions as well, worked his way through the ranks, and I think this is a tremendous hire from a defensive perspective because this is somebody who did a phenomenal job with Marshall. I can only imagine what he's going to be able to do with the University of Miami and their resources. <coughs> so shifting gears now, looking at their 2023 schedule, they open up the season uh, Friday, September 1st against Miami, Ohio. Uh, the Battle of Miami, I think this is going to be a really fun and exciting game uh, just because of the two namesakes. Uh, we'll see who the best Miami is. Um, I think we all know how this game should transpire, but we'll see. The following week, week two, big-time matchup against Texas A&M. They lost in College Station last year. The Hurricanes did, so a grudge match for them, an opportunity to get Texas A&M back this year. Then they play a quick turnaround against Bethune-Cookman on Thursday, on a Thursday night. They go to Temple. Um, interesting uh, opportunity there for Temple to have a big home game against a big-time opponent. <laughs> then they start uh, ACC play against Georgia Tech. They go to North Carolina, host Clemson, host Virginia, go to NC State, go to Florida State, and they have Louisville and at Boston College uh, to end the year. <coughs> so tough, tough draw when it comes to the ACC schedule perspective. They go to North Carolina, to NC State, to Florida State, and they have Clemson on the schedule. So like I said, really tough draw there. Um but the rest of the games you look at on their schedule, winnable, very winnable games, including Texas A&M. That's a very winnable game, in my opinion. <clears throat> but those four that I highlighted uh, could could be uh, points where time will tell. But if you look at how they played last year, those would be games that could trip them up. Uh, looking at position-by-position position breakdown now, offensively, <clears throat> Miami turns to a uh, new offensive coordinator, Shannon Dawson, and his air raid attack, which better suits this offense, a much better fit than Josh Gaddis was last year. Um, quarterback Tyler Van Dyke is an extremely talented player uh, that could excel in this offense, and I really think he will. Uh, the 2021 ACC Freshman of the Year went from throwing 293 yards per game in 2021 to under 204 yards per game last season. This will drastically improve, in my opinion, just because of his experience and playing in a 
offense that better suits him as well. Granted, he also dealt with a injury last year to his shoulder, so that played into it too. Uh, but I think Tyler Van Dyke <coughs> coming into the year was a dark horse Heisman candidate, and uh, they really the coaching staff just did not put him in the right position to have success, in my opinion. Uh, the running back room knows what they're getting from Henry Parrish Jr. He had 616 yards, and he's a great receiving threat out of the backfield, which will bode well for him in this new air raid offense. Uh, the addition of a Jay Allen from Nebraska is much needed for depth, and uh, Donald Curry and Trevante Citizen are both returning from injuries. But death could be a bit of a concern here um, just after losing uh, Knighton to SMU. The receiving core returns plenty of weapons that could thrive in the, the new system. Uh, wide receivers Colby Young, Xavier Restrepo, uh, Burchard Smith, Jacoby George, Michael Reading, and Frank Ludson all have experience. And the additions of uh, wide receiver Tyler Harrell from Alabama and tight end Cam McCormick from Oregon are key. <coughs> Harrell could do wonders in this offense. And um, McCormick is an interesting story. He's getting his eighth year of eligibility because he's had so many injuries. Um, one guy to really look out for is Xavier Restrepo. He, uh, him and Tyler Van Dyke have shown in the past that they have a really good rapport with each other, so that's something to look at uh, moving forward. Uh, only one starter returns on the offensive line, and that's uh, Jalen Rivers. Uh, left tackle Zion Nelson returns from injury, and uh, right guard Inez Cooper started the final four games of last season. The additions of center Matt Lee from UCF and left guard Javion Cohen from Alabama filled two starting roles. Both these guys were legit players uh, for their for both programs that they were on. A uh, bit surprising to see them leave. Um, so really huge additions for the Hurricanes there. <clears throat> Looking at the defense, the defensive line returns plenty of talent. Um, defensive ends, uh, Jafari Harvey had five and a half sacks last season. Akeem Mesidor and Nigelak Kelly um, have experience. As do defensive tackles Leonard Taylor III and Jared Harrison Hunt. Uh, the additions of defensive tackles, Anthony Campbell from ULM, Branson Dean from Purdue, and Thomas Gore from Georgia State provide great depth. You know, Branson Dean from Purdue could step into a starting opportunity um, from the get-go. Uh, the linebacking core returns, Wesley Bisante, um, Corey Flagg, and Keontre Smith. Uh, Corey Flagg's returning from an injury. Uh, the additions of Rocky Shelton from Duke, Francisco Mayago from Washington State, and KJ Cloud from Louisville are, ma are massive. Mayago um, ha made some really big plays for Washington State um, last season. So this unit has some good depth uh, moving forward. Uh, the secondary returns, safeties, James Williams and All-American uh, Cameron Kitchens. Uh, Kitchens had uh, six interceptions last season which uh, was tied for second best in the country last year, um, which led to him getting his All-American honors. Um, Nickelback to Corey Couch also returns. 
And the additions of cornerbacks Jadarius Richard from Vanderbilt, Jaden Davis from Oklahoma, and Devontae Brown from USF are ma- or UCF are massive. Davis and Brown will be the starters at the cornerback position, uh, without a doubt. Uh, looking at special teams, uh, kicker Andreas Borgelis uh, returns and is one of the best in the ACC, trying to live up to his brother's standards. He won the Lou Groza Award in 2020. Uh, the new punter should be Dylan Joyce, who comes from Australia. Of course, when you think of Miami, there's going to be plenty of options in the return game. Tons of athletes across the board that could fill that spot, or fill those spots, I should say. Uh, final analysis is my opinion on the Hurricanes. There's no way Miami will have as many injuries this season as they did in 2022. They were pretty snake-bitten when it came to the injury bug, and there's just no way that happens again. Uh, like I said before, seven new assistants, uh, assistant coaches, including uh, two new coordinators, and an influx of new transfers give the Canes hope for a bounce-back season. Um, an early visit by Texas A&M there that, in Week 2 will tell us what we need to know really early on. Uh, last year, uh, last September, we saw that they just weren't, weren't ready uh, for that. They, they lost that game, and then they turned around the next week and lost to Middle Tennessee. I mean, just, uh, we'll find out really early if this Canes team, how much to improve they are. Uh, and, and I firmly believe that they will be. I mean, this is a team with way too much talent on the roster. They're, they're good, they should qualify for a bowl. Um, they, they're still a couple years in recruiting classes away from competing at the top of the ACC. But there's no reason with, the, with a quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke and many of the other weapons that they have that they can't get to seven or eight wins this year. It's definitely... Uh, feasible and I think it should happen so uh, thank you so much for tuning into this breakdown hope you enjoyed it Uh, please like subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast Uh, please follow the podcast twitter account at tnt college foot one everybody have a good night god bless